I don't know how we're going to start this now. Um, how, how are we going to start this? It's, how does it go? It goes... So <laughs> we, should, we should just talk for a bit. Isn't it? levels and stuff. <laughs> I can't, we're not saying like this every time. We're Lost Levels Club. We're, we're... Are we? Yeah, we it are. So, it sounds so lame. Okay. It like, it we need a... We're British. This is Sir Michael. No. <laughs> do, 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 do. Who are you anyway? If I'm Sir Michael, who are you? I think it was... In my mind, it was going to be Sir Michael... You know, the fearless and Tingus, his sidekick. Tingus, sorry, his I, faithful sidekick. I think he should be Ting Ting. <laughs> ting Ting. What then? Ting Ting, the... The panda. <laughs> okay, so so now I'm Sir Michael. I'm not Ting Ting. You're not Ting Ting the panda. Yeah. Okay. We are the Lost Levels Club. It's a book club for games. Except not today. Actually, fuck... Today of all days is a book club for games because we are going to talk about Undertale, which we've been playing. Anyway, the most important thing, spoilers for Undertale. You've been told. Yeah, spoilers for Undertale. If you haven't played Undertale, you probably shouldn't listen to this. But uh, you can if you like. But you can if you like. If you're never going to play Undertale, uh, I think you're missing out. I liked it so much I bought it twice. But if you've not played Undertale and you've got this far, Mike has a Steam key for you. Yes, me. because I did. I really did buy it twice. I wasn't joking. I have a, I have a spare Steam key. I should probably say why I bought it twice, actually. So I bought it once on Steam, and then I realised I wanted to get the DRM-free version because it was actually being sold on the Humble Store. So I bought it again on the Humble Store uh, to get the soundtrack and the DRM-free version. If you haven't played Undertale, I'll put the Steam key in the show notes. Hopefully someone will listen to this and download it. Please, yeah, please, 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 Please claim the free key. Okay, okay. Undertale. So, I really enjoyed it. I bought it twice. Did you buy it twice after finishing it twice? Buy it the second time? I bought it twice after finishing it three times. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, um... Yeah, there's, uh... There's kind of three broad categories of ending. Yeah. There's there's the neutral ending, there's the good ending, and there's like a genocide ending. The genocide ending is one of those things you can't come back from. If you complete a genocide run, on the Steam version at least, it writes something to Steam Cloud to say, you did a genocide run. And from that point on, any time you play Undertale, it will know. And you'll never get the good ending again. Really? Yeah, that's why I bought the DRM free version. Well, you have no choice. You can't get around it. It's just it's just hard work. You've got to actually stop like Steam Cloud syncing and do like mysterious uh, file permissions and stuff. Is it possible to browse your Steam Cloud? I I don't think so. I don't think you can easily do it. Toby Fox, he did this on purpose. You know, he he Undertale is a game of like is a game of consequences. Uh, and it's a fun and exciting and crazy unexpected game because even when you don't save the game, it knows what you did. The first time that happened, that was that was a big surprise. And it was a fun surprise too. You know, I was not expecting it. And, and it made me play the game differently. It so, made me play I mean, it differently. That's the first time you sit up and take note. No, actually not. It's probably the second time you sit up and take notice in Undertale when you realise it's saving your progress when you don't expect it to be. Yeah. It's a really good game. I I personally really enjoyed it. I mean, I do enjoy this kind of game. The humor I thought was very on point. 
Wait, wait, really? On every count, you think the human was on point? Actually, no. There's some things that are a bit of a drag. I so yeah, we shouldn't like we shouldn't build up too much. <laughs> I think we should be fair. Here. The 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 opening cutscene though. The not it's not even the opening cutscene. The opening moments when you meet the flower, flowy, flowy, however you say it. That was brilliant. It is brilliant. When he's like, "Oh, down here, we share, you know, love," and you connect with love pellets, and then he's like, "It's kill or be killed." You idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that that makes absolutely no sense if you haven't played the game. But we're expecting you to... Well, we're expecting you to have played the game if you're listening to this. If not, play it now. Oh, what else? So that's the first surprise. And then, should we just go through it? Like, at least the surprise is... Let's go go through the first few. As they hit you, and then you come across Mother, whose name is... Toriel. Toriel, thank you. It's like a pun on tutorial. (laughs) You're taken... She gives you... um, home she, she tries to give you a home seriously and then already you're actually it goes and already you know that first scene with flowy flowy already makes you question the world already and then whilst you're set up in that home again it makes you question what the fuck is going on well I, actually this is one of those things like the tone of the game changes quite a lot i think from the first part in, in the first part of the game uh toriel very much encourages you to be a pacifist she says you know if you encounter a monster talk to it and try to diffuse the situation until I can, until I can come along to sort it out. So you know she's very much telling you not to fight. She's heavily encouraging you to be a pacifist, and you are very strongly given the impression that uh, it's it's a horrible world out there. You know you meet this happy smiling flower who tries to kill you, and then she she's warning you. You know don't leave the ruins. Asgore will take your soul. Asgore he's murdering who's murdering children who fall down here. You very much get the impression that in the ruins, happy and safe. Uh, but once you go outside, it's kill or be killed. But then when you actually do get outside, it's like this comedy wonderland of yes. uh, skeletons talking in stupid fonts. and Comedy skeletons. Comic sans. Yeah. Um, and uh, Asgore, you know, whose name is written in like red letters in like slow text, uh, is actually King Fluffy Buns, who loves uh, yellow flowers and drinking tea. So the the game is... The game is very unexpected. And that all happens within the first two hours? Oh, it is. I mean, the whole it's game very long, The whole it? game itself is really only, what, five to seven hours long? Uh, a single run-through of the game. And, yeah, I mean, going on to the, the saving when you least expect it, I played, I tried to be a pacifist, but I couldn't get out of the ruins because Toriel's blocking the way, and I'm trying to do all the things that I used to, to beat the monsters without killing them in the ruins you know talking to her but it's like oh but you can't think of anything to say and just waiting it out but it it wasn't working so i remember one of the earlier one of the earlier npcs you talk to says oh you can you can try and do some action to try and um to try and spare the monster or sometimes you'll just have to fight them until they're at low health and so it's like okay i'm gonna try and just get her to low health and then maybe then she'll realize I'm strong and I, I can survive outside the ruins and she'll let me go. Fair. So I was hitting her and I was hitting her and she's taking off like a little bit of health each time. And then when she's at about, you know, a third to a quarter health and I was trying to get her down to like 10% because I still couldn't spare her. I hit her again and suddenly like, bam, hundreds of damage and I killed her. And I felt like a total jerk because she was really nice. And all she wanted to do was keep you safe. and I, d- I didn't think the same. I thought you're a fucking monster trying to keep me here. I want to get this, out. This actually this is really interesting. Get out. I want to get out. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And they say I'm the psychopath. Um, well, I felt like a jerk. You probably felt justified. But, but, but she dies. 
And then when you step outside the ruins, you encounter uh, the flower again. And he's like, wow, all she wanted to do was keep you safe and you killed her. I hope you're happy. There's no going back. Uh, and I thought, oh, fuck you. I'm reliving my save game. I reloaded my save game. And, and the game, I hadn't saved, but the game knew. You know, next time I tried to talk to Toriel, uh, instead of saying, oh, but you can't think of anything to say, it said, you think about telling Toriel you saw her die, but that would be creepy. So, you know, it knew. And then when I did manage to, uh, when I did manage to spare her by just sparing her over and over and over again, because uh, it gives you a hint after you've fucked up the first time, it says, can you do something other than fight her or run away? So you just have to spare her a lot. When you when you meet Flowey again, he says, oh, so you managed to spare her this time. Clever. He's like, I thought I was the only one who could save. And, and there's a lot of yeah. meta. There's, like, there's, the, there's the main story of trying to get out of uh, the monster world and back to the surface. And there's the meta story of all this saving and, and loading and alternate timelines going on with Flowey, who's also got the power to save. And it's very strongly hinted at that other characters are aware of what's going on as well. I don't think we should go into it in too much detail That's because right. it will become a terrible rambly mess. But so my first instance of when of noticing that it was knowing what I was doing is I did the same. I killed Toriel once, and I thought, "Shit, I didn't want to do that." I went back in there, but instead of sparing, I killed her again. And Flowey says, "How many times do you want to kill her?" I thought, "Shit, you know I killed her already." <laughs> that really set the tone, and at that point, I. I really need the con- I needed that comic relief actually of Sans. And I thought at that point the pacing was just perfect because it sent me down this route where I thought, fucking hell, it's gonna be a slog. I'm gonna it's like mentally it's gonna just kick me and just abuse me and just challenge everything I'm doing. But then Sans is there and everything is okay for maybe half an hour. Like you said, the pacing's really good. I, I you know what actually I say that. I didn't really enjoy Hotland. When I got to Hotland and the the jumping steam arrow puzzles. I, I thought that was a bit of a drag. Well, they he didn't go all the way with it. So he could have... They were challenging, but they never got to a stage where... I felt they, they could have pushed them further if he, was, if he wanted to go down that route. But you didn't even want them in... I don't so. know. I don't know how I felt about it. Like, would would I have been happier with that? I, I actually really like puzzle games, but I don't think that they added that much to it this time. I, I was... I much more enjoyed the story and even the random battles i i enjoyed them the first time but after a while they became a bit of a drag again it's one of the things i guess it's just a bit different because in most rpgs you're fighting and killing monsters and you're getting xp uh whereas obviously in undertale if you want to get the good ending you need to make sure that you're not killing anything you're deliberately trying not to get any xp because then you know they at the end if you were doing the good ending they'll actually all the neutral ending even they'll reveal to you that XP is execution points and you know your level or love is your level of violence and unless you're level one with no no XP you won't get the good ending yeah uh, but you can't get the good ending on the first playthrough no you all, you you always have to you can reload your last save if right you've done everything needed for the for the good ending you're right you won't get it on the first playthrough but you can reload your last save and you can get it just by carrying on with that but I had to play it three times because the first time whoops I killed Toriel well I mean although I really my game I actually thought oh okay the game knows I'm gonna live with my mistakes I went back and killed Toriel again 
the flower taught me a total monster and i was like oh geez i feel like a, i feel like a total douchebag now and i kind of have to load it and spare her this time it's like no i really am gonna live my mistakes so i played through i spared everyone else but toria was dead so i didn't get the good ending and then the next time i thought you know what i'm gonna see what happens if i kill everyone else so i spared toriel and i just killed everyone else felt like a total dick bag especially for killing papyrus because he's like the he's like the most innocent and funny guy when do you kill him? In the fog? In the mist? In the yeah, fog? so when you fight him, when you fight him, he'll spare you. He'll say, it'll say Papyrus is sparing you, and you just kill him. Oh. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a terrible thing to do. But I thought like a monster. Must... Oh, no, Sans doesn't show up again until the very end if you do that. And then? He shows up again in the corridor, and then and he'll say... Oh, he'll fight you anyway. No, no, he, he won't fight you, but but he'll... Because he, he, he'll only fight you in the genocide run, but he'll say to you... Uh, you know, he he knows that you can save. He knows there's something going on with you, and he's like, uh, you know, are you a time traveler? Um, do do you feel like you've got a responsibility to do the right thing? And then if you say yes, he'll say, well, then why did you kill my brother? And, and again, it just makes you feel like a total monster. That's and this isn't even this isn't even the bad ending. This is just this is just some other flavor of the neutral ending. Uh, but again, it's pretty horrible. And then after that, it's like, okay, right, I'm gonna get the good ending. I'm going to do this right. And the good end the good ending's really good. Yeah, and and there's so many things you only see in the in the in the good ending. Is it good because it reveals so much more of the story to you? Or is it good in other ways? Uh, there's just Yeah, I think it does. It just re- it does reveal a lot more of the story to you. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of twists and turns. Uh it, and again, it totally changes the the nature of the of kind of a meta story as well. Everything kind of actually, it, it's a, it's a plot twist in a good. It's a plot twist in a in a game full of surprising things. It's yet another surprise. I, I think the big thing is it turns out you know the, it, it, you're not the first human, and and the name that you name your character is actually the name of the first human who fell down there, not not you. Up until this point, it's been very much implied that the first human who fell down and humans and monsters were all friends. Well, actually no, they'd had a war, but th- this first human and and Azriel, the the king and queen's son, uh, were raised together like uh, like brothers. Well, actually, I think it's again the humans are supposed to be ambiguous gender, so like like siblings. I thought I still think it was a a girl. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's got it's got she's got a more girlish haircut. So you could you could make an argument either way. Things reveal to you when you go all the way through the good ending. You you, you go to some areas that aren't in the in the in the game unless you've done this. Things that are revealed to you are that you know the the first human was a psychopath who wanted to kill everyone in the neutral ending it suggested that the first human died and it was a tragedy and everyone was distraught yeah and it was some kind of terrible accident or some terribly unforeseen thing and then in the good ending you you learn that the human committed suicide uh, the child committed suicide because they knew then that Azriel the king and queen son would absorb their soul and be strong enough to cross the barrier uh, and become immensely powerful, and that when Azriel absorbed their soul, well, they'd be able to control Azriel's body, and they would be able to go out into the human world and kill everyone, uh, and absorb more souls and become stronger because a monster can absorb human souls. Uh, so that first child wanted to kill everyone. Human. Yeah, it's really messed up. And if you go down the genocide route, it's like the soul of the first child is like reawakened, and you're like it's reincarnation, and you go out and you destroy the whole world. And and that's what gets saved on your Steam file forever, that you're possessed by the soul of the first child. It's dark. It's dark and it's messed up and it's crazy. And and in the good ending, you know, you get to see Asriel again. And Asriel and Asriel's like this cute 
fluffy goat boy. Uh, and and also very sadly, Asriel's the only Asriel's the only one you can't save. Wait, how do you see this fluffy goat boy? The heartwarming ending. You you know you get to you get to the end of the game and you confront Asgore, and usually Asgore's sad and he's like, I don't want to fight you, but I have to fight you. I have to get these seven human souls to break the barrier and free all the monsters. So I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to kill you and take your soul. In the good ending, before you can fight Asgore, Toriel shows up. And she's just like, Asgore, my ex-husband, stop being a douche. Why are you fighting? And, and, and this is one of those things that I've been thinking as well. She points out, if you really wanted to free the monsters, you only had to absorb one human soul. You could have crossed the barrier, gone outside, killed six more humans, and broken the barrier yourself. But you're a wimp. You wanted to stay down here and just hope another human wouldn't fall down here. Do you really want to free us or not? And if you don't want to kill any more humans, then don't kill this human. And, and it's all happy and heartwarming and all your friends show up. And while everyone is being uh, friendly together, Flowey the flower shows up and takes all the human souls, takes all the monster souls and then turns into, you know, he's like, ah, oh, you know, I'm, I'm back. I've restored my true form and turns into Asriel because uh, it turns out Flowey is Asriel. Sorry, this is getting into way too much detail. Fine. Massive, massive okay, so again. One last thing. Six... Well, how were the six before? Where did the, where were they from? Oh man, you didn't pay attention to the story at all, did you? Not enough. <laughs> you you didn't. Okay, so I think I think the main thing we've established is I really like the story. I really like the story. I'm actually subscribed. I've subscribed to a load of like web comics uh, that are like extending the story. This probably says weird and terrible things about me. Clearly, no. you didn't actually follow the story that much. I thought I did. You thought you did, but. I think I wasn't paying it. It's quite subtle. Can I claim that? Yeah, I think you can claim that. I think you can claim that. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. It, it's, it's not as subtle as say Dark Souls, but it, it's more subtle than, uh, I don't know, Call Thomas of the Tank Duty. Engine. Okay, to- <laughs> okay. Thomas the Tank Engine. Call of Duty. Yeah, Call of Duty. Yeah, there's no flashbangs. Yeah. You, you're not going to tell me what those six are, are you? <sighs> there's just, there's just six other humans that fell down there before you. So, you know, over over the years, in in the intervening years between uh, the first human and Azrael and all this stuff, uh, six other humans fell down there before you, and Asgore killed them and took their souls. But he didn't absorb them; they're in jars. Yeah, because that's a good plot device for Flowey to absorb them. Yeah, you wanted to talk about the music, the music, the boss. Me- we didn't talk at all about the battle mechanics. Oh, we should talk about the battle mechanics. Yeah, exactly. So the music, the battle mechanics. And the fourth wall breaking stuff, which we touched, which was oh, kind of why I wanted to go we should go back to that about yeah. the fourth wall breaking stuff. Uh, you know, because the other thing I wanted to mention is the fourth wall breaking stuff. So we, we've talked about the save games and the 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 meta stuff because it knows it knows what you did even though you didn't save it. It's really it's saving all the time. But that that really it actually messed with me quite a lot because when you get to the ending. Uh, not the good ending, but the the, fir- the first time I finished the game, and you you have to fight uh, Flowey. He deletes your save, and he he takes it over, takes over the game, and he you know he's crashing the game all the time. Yeah. And every time you reopen the game, you have to fight him, and it's this screwed up, crazy boss fight of like bullet hell, totally different. To, it was like it's like the rest of the game like turned up to eleven, and. I guess I'm just not used to playing like that level of bullet hell. I just died. And each time you die, the game just crashes and shuts itself down. 
and I, I just died over and over and over again. And I was thinking, how fourth wall breaking is this game? You know, he he's telling me you can't win. It's like, so is this some hint that I'm supposed to edit my save file so I can win? <laughs> you know, I I really was I was actually really getting to that point where I was about to actually go and edit my save file. But fortunately, when that happened, I I managed to survive just long enough to trigger the the sequence where you know it it shows that you had to call for the help of the other the other souls, and yeah. then then after that, it's like, oh right, I just need to get good, and then I was able to then I then I managed to beat him and got the ending. But that that's how much the game was messing with my head. Uh, that you know, I I genuinely thought that might be the solution. Uh, it actually might be quite clever for a game to do that, but then again. Not many people would probably actually no <laughs> go that far. <laughs> yeah, I think unless you're a programmer, maybe you wouldn't really feel that was a viable uh, option. Yeah, and then like, you know, as I said, bullet hell. I guess the rest of the game actually really is a bullet hell as well. I mean, that, that's how the fights are. Yeah, they are. Actually, whatever run you're doing, whenever it's the enemy's turn, really, it's a bullet hell dodging mini game. But it's more interesting than that. You're not simply dodging. No. Sometimes you're trying to. There's a part of. There's a puzzle to it as well. Yeah, there's like, yeah, all particularly all the bosses. All the bosses have a particular trope where they'll they'll turn your heart from red to some other color, and that will it'll have gravity, and then it'll become like a platform game, or it'll be green, and you've got a shield. You've got to turn to face direction directions. It becomes like Dance Dance Revolution, or a shoot 'em up, or yeah, it's very imaginative. Again, they were really fun. They were really fun, and and the. The character of uh, I really like the dogs. I really like the dogs. Like all the dog fights, where like the the ones where you, where, where you murdered the dog, the married dog couple. That was so mean. They're so cute. Where there's the two dogs, they pop up and they're like you know blowing kisses to each other, and you've got to dodge all the hearts. Well, they shouldn't have come after me. Is my is my thinking? Like if you didn't come after me, I don't have to come after you. Yeah. No, I did. I did, I tried not to kill them. I didn't <laughs> want to kill them. But the signpost, two screens prior to that, didn't make sense to me. You know, it was human, dog, and then snow. Snowman. Snowman. Yeah, okay. So I was just, the snowman is a bit pointless. Trying to be a snowman. You should have been trying to be a dog. I tried to be a dog, but a dog doesn't pet anyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, you're, you're right, but it's really funny because that's actually what they say. They go... Dogs can pet each other. This is a revelation. <laughs> That's actually exactly what they say when you actually when you beat them peacefully. Yeah, because you you only played it through the once. Yeah, you only played it through the once, and uh, you know it's one of those things where it's like, is this just some terrible hipster nonsense that I'm doing? Like, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I I mean the other reason I bought it twice and bought it on Humble Bundle was to get the soundtrack. So I bought the I bought like the special version or something that comes with the soundtrack. So. I've been listening to the soundtrack. Yeah, because I, I thought the music was really good. Uh, and obviously, like I said, I played it three times and I wanted to play a genocide run, but I just can't bring myself to do it because I don't want to... You know, it's so... Yeah, you know, I've got the good ending. Everyone's happy. Uh, I don't want to screw it up. Let's go back two minutes. You said hipster. Which bit of that was hipster? Oh, you know, it's not really hipster. You know, like, trying to be... I'm, it's like oh it's not really hipster actually it's like oh i'm so indie i don't think this is i know what you mean then. yeah yeah i'm not sure it's a thing anymore but it's but fine. for a while it was like oh i play indie games and it's like oh haven't you played braid or, it still or, is. or various jonathan it blow still games is. my favorite thing hipster um, is going with anything that's countercultural. yeah intentionally yeah although i actually think it, it's starting to swing the other way now there's so many of these there's so many of these games i mean i mean that's that's a 
that's another topic for another day. But um, yeah, but you're still you're better than the cod people. <laughs> well, yeah. Look, <laughs> look. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the thing. It, it's actually hard to. It's sometimes it's hard to pull your head out your own asshole. I bought cod. We both bought cod. I played uh, cod. I didn't really play very much of it, and it was it like. Am I just saying I don't enjoy this because I'm trying to cultivate this stupid indie thing, or did I really not enjoy it that much? I can tell you, I didn't enjoy dying in three seconds over and over again in the multiplayer very much. I mean, that is just because I suck. I didn't play the single player. I probably should have done for COD. Again, that's nothing for another day. Maybe yeah. one day we should play COD. But you, you clearly, as I said, I think you did not enjoy Undertale as much as me. Not well. It was quite dark for me. I, the thought of going back into the world was quite chilling. The thought of coming across Toriel again was chilling. And actually knowing more. I didn't actually want to learn any more about the world. I didn't. Because, not because I found the world dull. It's actually, I, it, was, it was actually quite dark. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought... Even hearing... What, okay, this is the second time you've told me all this. It's still affecting me. The, the, the thing is, though, I think it's supposed to be a world of monsters. But the only monster in there really is you. And that's quite chilling, though. If you, if you, it's what you make of it. Because I'm games traditionally light-hearted entertainment. You know, like Transformers the film. <laughs> like bar wheat, ground up wheat, nini bar. Did I say that right? Sounded good. Okay. But with Undertale, it's. It's challenging. It's cha- I think that's the right word. I just, you know what? I just realised you're talking about Michael Bay Transformers, aren't you? You loser. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Carry on. What did you just say? <laughs> it's challenging. And it's not... I think we play quite different games, clearly. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I play games for mechanics. I play games for mechanics. But, but I play games for story, too. Story... I think, whereas like the stories I go for are like more lighthearted. Uh, I think this is just another extension of you don't read fiction. <laughs> I'm glad I played it once. I didn't feel the need to play it again. Okay, but but you did enjoy it. I loved it, and I absolutely loved it. And would you play more games like this? More, more, because uh, that's the other thing I guess I was saying to you earlier. It's like indie what is it to be an indie game now uh you know could you could you try and claim no man's sky is indie because uh, it's made by a small studio i mean that the studio that made no man's sky I, you could definitely have said they were an indie uh but i'm not sure you could say that now why, uh, why? about clout behind no man's sky but it's just financial clout it's not necessarily in terms of personnel okay i mean i you do make a point there you do make a point. What I mean, what is it to be an indie? It's to be experimental. It's to be, it's to be different. It's to make things. It's like independent cinema. It's to make something not because it's going to be a blockbuster. It's to make something because you've got well, in the case of cinema, I guess like a story you want to tell. Or uh, and for an indie game, it might be a story you want to tell. It might be a mechanic you want to explore. So what about these UBR games? Uh, sorry, oh, you have, you have to give me an example. Sorry, Valiant Hearts and... I don't know the other one. Valiant Hearts, though. 
I don't know how I felt about Valiant Hearts. I, I, because it was on PSN Plus. I, I played a bit of it, and I was a bit like, this isn't really a game. No. It's kind of, if you view it purely from a mechanic standpoint, it's like a bad platformer. <laughs> okay. But but With a story. But it's telling a story. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, uh, you know what, you know, it's funny, actually, for me, it's like turning it on its head. Did you enjoy Valiant Hearts? Because for me, yeah, I think I, I found that just all a bit too, because it's the war, it was a bit real. I, I guess it's also because I, I read fantasy novels and stuff. So if, I guess for me, something like Undertale is like whimsical fantasy with a slightly dark twist. That's the sort of thing I enjoy. It wasn't slight. You, you, so you think it was slightly dark? Because I thought it was impressively dark. Really? Definitely were... Yeah, oppressive is the right word for me. Sorry. <laughs> Oppressively dark. Impressively. Impressively dark. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know what I don't know what to say to that. Okay. I don't know what to say to that. It's... I don't know. I It's like a... I, I wouldn't have said it was, it was that dark. They're, they're, it's definitely trying to make a point. And the ending... I mean, the ending is on the surface a happy ending though you know what are the monsters going to do when they make it to the surface how is it really going to work and also there's like tinged with bittersweetness because if you if you walk from the very end of the game all the way back to the very beginning of the game you find Azriel and he says you know don't tell anybody I'm here uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn back into Flowey um so he's the goat boy form. He's the goat boy form. He's like, oh, you in know, goat boy form. Yeah, he's like, don't tell my parents. It'll only make them sad. I'm going to turn back into flower. I, I don't have a soul. You know, I, I won't be able to hold this form much longer. And if you keep talking to him, you know, he'll eventually say, you know, don't you have anything better to do? It's one of those things where it's like, I kind of just accepted it. I was like, oh well, that's it. I've exhausted this conversation tree, and I and I walked all the way back to the end and got the ending. But uh, it, it clearly. I mean, you mentioned it's impressively dark, and how is that not inf- like you see? Yeah, and maybe, and you know, maybe you're right because I, I it clearly did, uh, it clearly did affect other people the same way. Uh, I mean, that that web comic I said I started describing to, uh, it's called like Dreamer Reborn. They they did that scene in comic form, and it affected me much more, and it made me realize, you know, I, I just I just accepted that I couldn't save him, but. In the comic, there it's a it's a version of the character who's like, no, I can't accept that I can't save him. I'm going to find a way. I'm going to reset the game and I'm going to play through it and trying to find a way to save him. And in the comic, you know, they they play through it dozens of times trying to find some way to save Azrael until they find a way, which is, you know, to, for you to give up your soul for Azrael to to live. And it is a really touching moment, and it's a really I really enjoy reading this web comic. I I don't know how what to say after that. I'm just glad you can see where I'm coming from. I mean, those characters are really powerful to me. Like when, like when you tell me, like when you kill Papyrus, and then Sans comes back, meets you in that final corridor, and comes back and tell, tells you, if you believe your actions have some consequence, consequence, why did you go ahead and kill Papyrus? What well, then? Why did you kill Papyrus? That would that would have affected me. That I, I felt like I did feel like a monster for the entirety of that run. I mean, that's also how I know that I just couldn't do the genocide run. So already, I think. I don't want to be part... I don't want to be... You know, when I'm reminded that I'm a monster, I can... I can really feel it in this, in Undertale. It's not like any other game. It's like it's... It's paying attention to me, whereas other games, I almost feel 
my the consequence of my actions are almost by accident or by design by the developer but this time it's all i really feel like what i'm deciding really does have a consequence it's not if i make decision i'll start i'll start growing like a horn or something or my um my community or my hometown will start becoming more dark or you know with dishonored i mean i think that's yeah you're right actually it's It's not it's not like it's not like some in your face oh this was a good thing this was a bad thing it but it but at the same time it's more subtle yes but it's judging you all the time you are being judged and you know that whatever you're doing it remembers what you did and the feedback you get is very direct yeah there's no there's no pussyfooting it's like this is what you did and this is what i'm going to say to you and you should know and i found i think that's very powerful and i'm not i'm not one for story and i'm not one for indie games if i'm honest so but i guess this is why it got rated as highly as it did i mean i i, I that's the thing i was saying i said last time this came out of nowhere but i think for a lot of people a lot of people were waiting for this it got kickstarted there was the i think it was the demo which was like just the ruins part of the game so the the first part of the game up to where you know where you're dealing with where you're meeting toriel a lot of people were waiting for this game it, i think it actually had quite a bit of hype behind it uh considering the number of people who you know the size of the team that made it yeah i guess it just goes to show how how out of the loop i really am and uh, I guess Metacritic's good for something because <laughs> you know because we found it. Uh, but but you can I can see why it rated as high as it did. I don't. I'm surprised because I followed them like well, at least the mainstream gaming press. No one talked about this. I'm pretty sure no one did. Maybe I missed something. Maybe it was it was <laughs> it got lost in all the Destiny articles. In the yeah, maybe. But it's certainly a huge thing now. I, like I said, there's the web comic. There seems to be loads and loads of like fan fiction and fan art, um, and like remixes of the soundtrack and personal stories about people's experiences with the game and how it's like an anal- analogy or metaphor for their own experiences. Hmm. How are we going to wrap this up? Um, I want to say my final words are: although I played it once, and it may seem to you that it. It may look to you that I did enjoy it. I really liked it. I really loved it. But it's not something... You, you only need to experience it once. Going back to it doesn't... May not... For me, I don't need to go back to it. Uh, I, I've got to say, I felt like... I almost feel the exact opposite. I... When I played through it... On the on the peaceful run... Uh, and paying more attention... I saw... I saw loads of things in that in that run through the game that I'd never seen before and not just in the in the ending explicitly in the ending section where you play playing through some new areas that get revealed to you even in just the first few sections of the game when you when you first meet Sans and Papyrus I saw things that I'd never seen before up to that point uh so I think it is a quite a rewarding game to play through to play through a few times and it's as I said it's only like five to seven hours long for a playthrough so you can definitely afford to do it but then again, I guess it depends how much time you can afford to spend playing games. Uh, so, did you finish it in the? Um, did it take you the five seven hours? Yeah, yeah. I, I think each of the run throughs I did took about five five 
six-ish hours. It took me up to eight. I think I got really stuck on some of those boss battles because I really tried to spare them, but I didn't. Stupid dogs. Because you, you, you can be left in this halfway house where you're sparing some, you're fighting some, you're killing some, but yeah. then you're... But, but the, I think that's what you'd expect to, oh, to do on the first playthrough of the game. I, I, like I said, I think that's what you'd expect. But with each puzzle, you are given some sort of time. There is time, pr- time pressure because you can only... If you don't solve the puzzle within X rounds, you will die. You, you will run out of health. Yeah, but that's okay. Yeah. You see, I... I this just goes show. you know I, I was willing to die to spare them that's the difference I'm you like, know, that's the difference you're done I'm killing you <laughs> whereas you were like oh my house low it's like it's kill or be killed <laughs> yes we're pulling out the guns so so what we're saying is that I'm the charming goat boy and you're the monstrous flower and that's why I can't play it again because that's <laughs> why it, wow because it revealed the dark side of your soul yeah. I can think of no more ringing endorsement for the game than that <laughs> Okay. On that note. On that note, are we done? Yes, we are done. I done. Okay, so so there you go. <laughs> we would love you to review and subscribe to our podcast. Yeah, we we would love just someone to listen to it other than Ting's mum. Yeah, who am I kidding? Even Ting's mum doesn't listen to this. I think she just plays it on on silent. Just so she <laughs> she, she plays it with the volume down, so we get a download. Thanks, mum. <laughs> And if you have nothing positive to say, email us instead so we can get some constructive <laughs> so we, cons- constructive feedback without tanking our ratings. Yep, and we <laughs> and we'll give you a Steam key. 